Welcome to Exposed. Real people, real stories, uncensored. You'll hear it all, as well as secrets from your host, Samantha X. I'd like to introduce you to David. I'm not going to tell you his surname. I will tell you that he's a lawyer and that he's from Sydney. And today he's here to tell his story. Hi, David. Hi, Amanda. Thank you for having me on here. I'm looking forward to talking to you about this. It feels uh, a good opportunity just to give you my views from a man's perspective. Well, thank you very much for coming in today. I really appreciate it. And I know it takes a lot of courage for a man like you, who admittedly says that you see sex workers or that you saw sex workers. You want to keep your identity private. Yes. Just tell the listeners a bit about yourself. Like, what do you do for work? How old you are? I'm a, a guy. I'm a gentleman from the UK in my 50s. Grew up in the UK like you did. We have the same British sense of humour, by the way. We do. Yeah. We enjoy a sense of humour at times and love the, you know, the classic British comedies and yep. so on. And uh, look, uh, I'd say a sort of classic sort of middle class upbringing. Went to school, went to university, so studied hard. And then um, with mum and dad and I became a lawyer in the UK and uh, I worked in London for a few years and then have a not quite sure what I want to do in terms of career so I went to be an accountant um, uh, interesting to compare the two and then decided I actually want to go back to law then got uh, into relationships and got married and um, we had a had a, a, a young young child and then I decided to emigrate so I we left the UK um, as a young family and came over to Australia, what, in the early early 2000s now. Very much wanted to sort of, very much wanted to work and live in a different country abroad. That was what I'd wanted to do from a just lifestyle living perspective. And my former wife at the time, for her, it was also a case of wanting to escape the British weather. So mm-hmm. we came down to sunny Australia. Also conscious, good place to bring up a young family as well and continue our career. She's a pretty normal bloke. Yeah, I would think so in that sense. I don't see myself as particularly spectacularly different from anyone else. I am a giver. I'm a natural giver. I am happiest in my heart helping people. It makes my heart seem want to do that, to see an impact has on someone sort of thing. So, you know, and I, I generally do that out of because I'm fortunate in a position if I can help, that I will help. You know, I am a giver and... Like every aspect of anyone's, that's that's a beautiful thing I love about myself, um, but sometimes can go too far as well. What was your marriage like? How long are you married for? We were married for 24 years when we separated or divorced, trying to pure maths, a bit of that. Uh, I, I, I would say, look, as a man, the first main comment I would say is I think my marriage was sort of typical, a lot of mainstream, which I'll talk about in a minute but as a man we don't talk to other men about this so if i'm honest i've no idea whether my marriage was normal not normal compared to other people so i would say it was sort of quite typical in good marriage wonderful honeymoon period and so on um my wife was a number of years older than me so we we're keen to have children early we tried to have that we i think this goes to when I look back on what went wrong in our marriage, one point was we lost twins in terms of miscarriage for my wife. And that was a huge loss. Now, we were very fortunate that within the next 12 months, our daughter was um, conceived, got pregnant, and was born. We got a healthy daughter. 
That would have had a huge impact on your marriage, losing. I, at the time, yes, but I only look, it's only looking back now, I think that was a huge trauma and we didn't talk about it anywhere near enough. Certainly not when I look back, enough for me in terms of being able to express that grief and so on. And I think Did you feel that, you couldn't express your grief? I, at the time, subconsciously, I don't think it was conscious. I think you're in the British sort of, you've just got to move on, stiff upper lip. Don't talk about it. When I look back, I, um, not criticism, it's just the fact. Uh, with mum and dad, when we were growing up, I don't really remember many sort of family conversations about mm. expressing feelings and talking about things. You know, mum and dad were both working full time to really pay the school fees, put my brother and I into school fee. And so there was, there was little free downtime, family time where it was engineered to sort of talk about these things. Mm. So I came from, my experience was not to talk about difficult emotions or indeed almost any emotions in a family situation. So I didn't, I didn't have the tools, didn't have the experience, didn't think about it. I think we just both, my wife and I just sort of silently were grieving without, um, without and certainly my friend not doing enough to share with each other and help each other through it. That sounds quite lonely. Yes, it was. Um, it was. And look, um, the other thing I think is quite probably entirely natural, but so we're fortunate we got a daughter and she's healthy. And so our, um, I suppose our emotional focus were in there. And we're mm. trying to put the rest behind us. But uh, I do think with hindsight, um, we'd have been better. We could have dealt with some of the grief and the emotions on that as well, in terms of our relationship anyway. What made you first see a sex worker? I, I really came out of not feeling happy in my marriage. How many um, years were you married at this stage? About 15 plus. Mm -hmm. So I'm not happy in, um, there wasn't intimacy, uh, both physically and, and just emotionally. Now, I, I, I realized perhaps at the time then even now me, I'm someone who is very physical. I'm a very tactile touch person. Um, so I, um, I enjoy sexual activity and intimacy, but what I have learned, interesting enough, both um, in my relationships with sex workers and not with sex workers, is it's an interesting combination in that unless there is an emotional, intellectual connection, what I mean by that is, you know, you just touch someone's hand, there's that little bit of energy coming to you. The physical side is not exciting. Like I've sort of been with their school, aesthetically very beautiful. We're doing this sort of perhaps having some sexual intimacy activity, but if I can sense there isn't a mutual actual connection, respect, even in a transactional sense with a sex worker, the sex is not enjoyable. So, so connection's I, really important to you. Extremely important to me. And I wasn't having connection and I was searching for it, I think, as a means of escape, stress relief. You know, I had a stressful job at the time. Um, all parents know bringing up families, there's not much spare time for yourself. So a bit of stress relief, a bit of curiosity. Was there any um, guilt there? Yes. Tell me about that. Well, I knew, I know I was cheating on my wife in that sense. Um, I love it when men say, I mean, you, you've admitted that you're cheating. A lot of clients say this isn't cheating. It, look, it, it's cheating the construct of signing up to a marriage that says you're going to be faithful to, to some death person. to us part. Correct. So it's cheating in that sense. Um, 
So it's desperate debate as to, you know, on a scale of one to ten, is that bad cheating or is that good cheating? <laughs> is, not, right? is there such you know? thing? Well, you know, you know, you'd well, you probably win, you're a lawyer. So. Oh, yeah, no, it's one of the lawyers can both sides, but they're yeah. still on the fence sort of thing. But no, look, mm. it was cheating, so guilt was there. Mm. Uh, and what I mean is I would, if I'd see an escort and they'd, um, a lot of the time I would go, look, this is my treat to myself, I'm... Helps me stress relief. It mm-hmm. helps me a bit of escapism from real life. Um, I'll call it like that. It's a fantasy sort of thing a little bit of time. Is that how you justified it? It was escapism and how would you... It was a be- treat. It was a treat mm. to myself. Mm. Mm. To say to myself, this is a reward for working hard and doing things, etc. But, you know, pretty much every time I'd see someone, at some point in the next 48 hours, there'd be that guilt trip. Um, but not enough so you wouldn't stop doing it. Correct. Correct. And what would happen, basically happened is sort of, I'd hold off seeing someone for a few months um, because of that and then want to come back. But no, it never, it never stopped me actually seeing escorts. Do you think it was an addiction? Yes. I think it can be. Um, I think at times I have been addicted to them. Um, and in fact, you know, look, in the last 12 months, so I'm, I'm divorced now, so I'm free and single. I can, you know, it's a different, different uh, scenario in terms of seeing them. I have seen a lot in the last twelve months, and I think I feel I am, I am addicted to them, or have been, or certainly out of control, and need to bring that back under a bit at the moment. It's easy to get out of control, isn't it? With in the industry, it's it it's because it's so thrilling. I mean, for workers as well. You know, I've left the industry now, but. It's all with the allure is always there, you know, because it's an exciting world. It's colourful. It's thrilling, and normality can be really boring. Absolutely, and what I've said about that is, I think it's very true. But in terms of you know, if you look at people judging, that can happen in any aspect of life that gives you a thrill. So um, it could be in travel, right? You love going to travel, and you go internally into your country, then you go overseas. Think now, let's go a bit further. Now let's go a bit longer. Okay, that's no different from what seeing sex workers can do for you in the sense of um, often, and I saw this in how your relationship perhaps can deteriorate. You look at, it's it's human nature looking at yourself to look at today versus yesterday or last week on any aspect you're looking at and go, it's a bit worse, but it's not that much worse. Don't need to worry about it. Trying to yourself to look back every six months, 12 months, go, hey, there's a big difference. I need to be careful here really hard. It can creep up on you. Yeah, that creep up, absolutely. So, you know, seeing sex, sex workers and going to see escorts uh, was very much a case of that. You know, I might started seeing them once a year and it became once a quarter and it might be once a month over a year and then a break. How much do you think you've spent? Several hundred thousands of dollars over the years. Uh, and look, I was, unfortunate I had the financial learning capacity so I could do that and so on. But when I, you know, when I say that now, it hits home. But was it money well spent? I, look, it's weird. Look, I, yes, created memories, experiences. Memories, experiences are not just, and it's the connection experiences, just the life experiences we'll have learned from actually speaking and being with sex workers and ladies actually they have opened my eyes to all sorts of things to be quite honest um and it's not just the extravagance or the you know the luxury of it it's actual therapy yes oh god no look, 
we've spoken about this and I've heard in your podcast to say your, you know, your role, particularly for men, is 80% being a therapist, being someone to talk to, someone to be listened by, 100%. Which takes me on to my next question, really. The biggest misconceptions about sex workers, what do you think they are? That they're all sort of desperate, um, desperate people just want money, selling their bodies because they've got nothing else to do, that they're tarts, that they're sluts, that they're somehow, um, they're generally a sort of lower class of population. They've got no choice. They've got no choice. It's them to blame by wearing promiscuous clothes. Poor them. Poor them. Who on earth would do that? Why can't they control themselves? What kind of women did you meet? Look, I think... um, over the number of years that you've seen them, I've seen you know, people, I'd say, at sort of different sort of levels of the industry. Um, and I'm not, I've never been sort of naive and honest about this. There's a lot of particularly young girls, if I can call that, in the industry who are abused by men or controlling pimps and the system and so on. But the higher quality ladies I've met, they're they're strong, independent people. They know why they're doing for this. You like mature women, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm in my fifties now, and always like more mature women. I think they've got just life experience and so on. Certainly, so um, age forty plus. Yeah, mm. see now. Um, if I see someone, um, and uh, so that they're sort of, you know, they're helpless, poor people that need to be helped and they need to be, you know, separated and despised in society, etc. They're not, they're just ordinary people. When I had my agency, I was amazed at how many professional women approached me, you know, educated professional women who had a corporate, huge corporate careers that wanted to become escorts. And, you know, it's, I mean, I'm sure you've met loads of women like that. I have. And um, I've often... No, I've been fascinated by that because I, I look at it in reverse of, you know, I'm speaking with you and a couple of other good school friends of mine, and there are a lot of professionals come to see them, you know, whether that's, who knows how much of that is because of the stress of a job, working in a sort of corporate city type job, whether it's the type of people who become these mm. sort of things. It seems to be work. a fantasy for a lot of women. And I think I think it's the same for women and men if you're in a stress sort of job sort of thing. must be elements of you at time where... Um, feel we have to have to um, project the expected image of corporate leadership and so on and, and, and now and again you just want to go and look kick up the, put, yeah put, you put the stockings on and <laughs> absolutely yeah. um and you feel you you know you can't do that in a corporate work environment um which let's face it is still still male dominated around hierarchy and ladder mm. and ladder system when it came to your marriage how did seeing sex workers change that? Change your marriage? Did it make it worse? Did it, did it help it? A lot of men say sex workers save their marriages. Yeah, it didn't save mine in that I got divorced and um, the divorce in the end was the right thing for me to do. Did your wife find out? She did. Um, she did find out, I believe, only in our divorce settlement arrangements. She went through your finances with a tooth comb. <laughs> I disposed the finances and it came out, obviously, that yeah. I spent money on, on escort. So, yeah, she did. I don't think she knew beforehand, but I don't think she knew definitively beforehand. She certainly never said anything, never um, gave me any evidence that, that she knew before that. So, no, it didn't save my marriage. I think um, I would say it helped me actually find the courage to say the marriage is not working. 
How did um, it help you do that? It, uh, firstly, it gave me someone to talk to about marriage and what was going wrong and what I was missing. And, and that, you know, that developed over a couple of years of conversations with, say, two or three close schools that I saw regularly. Um, it, and so, firstly, it frankly, just gave me a place to verbalize that. And what I would say as well is that, you know, no sex worker said straight away, you've got to leave. You've got, I found, you've got real life experience of talking to men and women about relationships because women talk to women about them and you're hearing from men about what men say. You are, I think, the, the, the intelligent, emotionally sensible quality lady escorts they're the best relationship counts you have because they've got real life experience. We're just not very good at relationships ourselves. <laughs> I always said, you know, the experts, the experts who are great advising someone yes. are always crap at doing it for themselves. Football How coaches many lawyers can, yeah. do not have a will. Really? There's that saying that football coaches don't necessarily make good football players. Oh, well, I've always been of view that doing something and coaching it there's not very a different yeah very different about being expert at it so you say that say seeing sex workers helped you understand your marriage it did it yeah. helped me i think um it, it look it, it 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 they gave me ultimately uh, alongside um in the last year and a half getting a really good psychologist to help me as well and so they would just question and ask me and and comment on how i was thinking and think comments like when you talk around your authentic authenticity, it's not working, you feel like you need to end it, but you're worried about upsetting the family and so on, they'd say, your voice changed, you were more confident, you were more sure. So just getting observations like that made me realise this is where, this is where I had to go. But, but they were very patient sort of with me and allowed me to get there in that mm -hmm. decision. How long hadn't you had sex with your wife for? Oh, years and years and years, probably 10 plus years. So you had sex with your wife for 10 years? No intimacy no intimacy at all? No. Were you sleeping in separate bedrooms? No, we stayed in the same bedroom and stayed in the same bed the whole time until we actually separated. Did you discuss the intimacy issue with your wife? Not, not really. We would have, um, we would have conversations uh, a couple of times a year as the years got long, you know, 15 years plus, maybe only once a year around, things are not going well. Um, over the years, we've done um, a few times, three or four times, right? We're having date nights and, and so on, and it would just peter out. You know, so she would. Couple of months and, but you, you kept try trying? Yeah, a little okay. bit. And how did that affect you, not, not, not being desired? Oh, hugely um, in terms of lack of self worth. Men are bloody needy. They need, look, they need someone just patting them on the back now and again. And but it's part so of marriage, good. isn't it, to have this, well, to be intimate? So I've looked back at doing it, it is for me. Yeah. You know, it, it is for me. But that that can be holding hands, can be the cuddle and the thing. And there was and none of that? No. There was nothing. And, and I realise it's not, it's also not, it's how you feel when that happens. Mm. You know, you don't have to have any of that because you can hold hands and hug, but if you're doing, thinking, why are you doing this? Are you doing this to show just in front of the people at the dinner party? Mm. It's not real. So it's a subtle balance to me around it's, it's physical, tactile touch, mm. but it's got to generate the energy and the connection inside it. Um, and I think that's what leads then to sort of more sexual intimacy, if I can call it like that. But, you know, I, I, I want to have 
sexual physical interaction as a relationship for the rest of my life. Well, that's a human need. I think so. Um, that's why I remember loving laughed so much when I was reading because I actually the bit from your first book about when you were in an airport and you were met the aged care the yeah. nursing home worker <laughs> and said, "Oh my God." You should see the orders we put into the sex shop every month sort of thing. And we've got this one guy who just new moon comes around every month and he's mm. just a raging lunatic. If, yeah, I, mean, I presume if you haven't read my book, I, I met a nurse at an airport. We were waiting to check into a flight and she was talking about and ended up telling her about my job. And she said that at night she had to lock the old men in their bedrooms because they used to go around and try to have sex with all the old women in the old people's home. And they had to buy an old lady a vibrator. So yeah, it, it just doesn't stop, does it? It just doesn't stop. Men need your human needs yeah. never die. Yeah. Why can't you talk to your wife about this? Do you know that is a sixty-four thousand dollar question. Um, I look back, I there will have been a huge amount of guilt, shame of admitting it, um, fear, worry about what that would lead to breaking up the family, breaking up the marriage. I think certainly in the early, earlier days, so a few years before separating, divorces, seeing escorts, I was ready emotionally to break up the marriage and so on. I didn't want to admit it to her. Would you have broken up the marriage if you had intimacy? Ooh, probably not. You can talk to her about lack of intimacy? Uh, no. Not enough, I think. Um, why didn't I? Maybe element of thinking. Maybe I was asking for too much. Maybe I was, it was a little bit. Do you want to rock the boat? Kinky, not rocking the boat, sort of thing. Or what was sort of? Yeah, I suppose I was probably a bit obsessed around what I thought was normal. Right. Or was I not going to be normal? Yes. Um, and no sex in your marriage was normal. Well, I'm sure it's pretty normal for a lot of married couples, actually. Yeah, no, I think just. Um, look, I think probably in the end, I'm not, um, not wanting to own up to sort of cheating and betraying and trust. And, mm. um, and I think perhaps not ready to end the marriage there. And, mm. and the thought mm. of sort of ending the marriage, just carrying on with a sort of cold, stony silence between the two was not something I was prepared to. No way to live. And I think when you start seeing escorts and you realise how easy it is, it's a way of keeping your marriage together in a yes. way. Yeah, no, I think I very much so. You know, it was just, you were, it was a convenient way. Uh, you know, you just didn't try to think about it too much. It's sort of you were able to get a bit of downtime for yourself, you know, and therefore come back and frankly be a little bit better behaved and behaved, but you know, emotionally wise and mm. tolerant. Mm. Difficult times in in a relationship, sort of thing. So, people who who are listening and judge you for this, what's your response to that? Oh, I. I my response is um, you're perfectly entitled to have your own opinions in that sense. And I'm, I, what I can tell you is why I did it and what I felt doing it and so on. Uh, and, you know, uh, and now I would just, just sort of ask people to think about things. You know, if someone's judging it because ultimately they're really reflecting something about their own life, that's not appropriate in my view, but entitled to your opinion. I'm doing it because I've got society view that, you know, spending me time with an escort is wrong as opposed to spending me time playing golf or doing sport or with the boys or something. Then fair enough, that's your, you know, views on society. Um, but 
you know, it's never black and white. Look at what's actually going on in people's lives and so on um, and understand more around why, why people do it and what's the pros and cons of it. I mean, there's no right answer about this. Mm. Um, but, you know, I do think um, not enough, you know, not many people really know what goes on in the industry. And uh, mm. the industry itself has got a variety, variety of things from good to bad, we know. But they don't know what they're doing it, so they're, they're not really making always an informed decision. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, it's a modern world. I just ask people to have a think around, you know, physical intimacy uh, and betraying that's a promise in the marriage versus emotional control or financial control or abuse. Should one be viewed as worse than the other or not? I'm not saying there's an answer, but I just ask people to have a think about that. Mm. Why do you think men see sex workers? I, I think a lot of the time it is around wanting some form of that connection, absolutely, I, I think men um, are more impulsive on physical urges and so on, so the physical release of you know, having sex. But as um, as you spoke in your podcast and before in your books, and I've seen it, it's, you know, percentage time-wise, it's so little about sex. Mm. 100%. Right? I always say my single girlfriends have way more sex than me. Absolutely. Um, it's far more about a relationship, I think, compared to say, you know, if you if you want some physical intimacy as a, a break from your life and your, your everyday life and so on. Um, look, it's interesting. I, I never sort of thought about having an affair with anyone. Why not? I think it'd be the, cheaper. It would be a lot cheaper. <laughs> a lot cheaper. Um, I, I don't think I really consciously thought about it. when I look back. I think subconscious element of sex work was secret. It was private. It was confidential. You can trust a sex worker. You can trust a sex worker. Okay. Discretion so is is business. If you if you open your mouth, you ruin your business. Yeah, and consequently, I think we're a lot less. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually think that mutual trust, as in, you don't double me, work, I won't double you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, I like that. It's funny. As a lawyer, you write down agreements, but I more <laughs> become a lawyer. Realize like, agreements are there. Agreements are like prenups. You only look at a document. You've got in place between two people if something's gone wrong in the relationship. So I think the sort of it, it, it's a it's a more confined way of having intimacy outside of a marriage. You know, I don't say it doesn't hurt something because it hurts your partner back home, but compared to affairs that could be with friends and family, it could all destroy families. Yeah, yeah. So it's private. I think it's private. It's safer. It's secret. And if you're doing it because you want to release a bit of fantasy, that's part of it because it's a different, it's a secret world out there. So that's part of that appeal. Would you say it's a non-judgmental zone as well? Oh, totally. Totally. Um, and I would say from later I've met, that's not just because that's the way to operate as a sex worker business-wise is because they generally are non-judgmental people. Now, I, I think it's very easy for listeners or people to say, well, of course not, because they're being paid for it. sex and yeah. being paid for it sort of thing. But I think in the end you can tell the fakers. Say, yeah. 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 No, so they're, they're totally non-judgmental because they believe that's the right way to be. Um, and I look, I personally think, you know, you can, the concept of non-judgment is – something I would like to strive to be better at because I think the world needs a lot more of that, so much more than that. We've touched on this before, but what kind of women have you met in the industry? 
I've ended up um, saying I, when I like to see escorts, I see typically independent escorts and I'll get to know someone and see them on a regular basis rather than just... So it's a friendship. I feel very um, happy. I feel very warm that for a very small number, it's gone beyond just being transactional. We're friends in the sense of know them and you can talk to them. I always thought, you know, seeing a sex worker as well is... Um, I was saying about the connection for me it's a, has to be a mutual two-way thing as well it's not just all one way um but the women i met there i'd say they're strong interesting people they've always got stories you know they're, they're people who've lived lives you know it takes a lot to begin do this because you can see the impact it has on their lives in terms of who they can mix with in terms of friends you know you end up having to any form of sort of work related conversation that will We'll, we'll chat to our friends around, oh, I've got this asshole friend or colleague at work, etc. You can't do that except with other sex workers. So I've seen the limit it places, you know, on your, on people's downturn. So those, they're often strong women and they often, you know, like every human, they've got stuff going on with them. It's not easy for them. Um, but um, I enjoy seeing the degree of sort of empowerment and confidence can be, you know, I see, I want to see women who I feel in sex work are doing it because they want to do it because they enjoy it first and foremost. But then get paid for it, makes men happy. It's fun. Yeah. I think it works for people. Um, yes, it, it's it's a high-risk, high-return profession, right? We're talking about addiction and you get, you know, for a lot of people it can be good money and, you know, with your quality attracts quality so quality lady looks after people views the business professionally but courtesy management is going to attract good clients but you know you when for both of us the client and the worker you're staying in a nice hotel you're in a nice it's a fantasy it's a fantasy and so i can imagine it's workers as well having to then go you know Put your slippers on and go and shopping at Coles the next day. Yeah. <laughs> it's hell bring down you wouldn't even recognise if you saw spent the night with them, but they see them in Coles. Two completely different women, I can assure you. Um, okay, so you're divorced now, David. I am. Yes. Are you happier? Yes. Well, tell me a bit about that. I look back. I was unhappy in the marriage, and um, you know, there's no doubt. We're, we're still, I think, a very strong element of society of your instinctive reaction is you stay together for the kids because they're upset. Since my since my marriage divorce, for example, I didn't, um, you know, I took a break from my career because I was burnt out, I think, mentally, both from a career perspective, working too hard, coupled with then my divorce and financial settlement and mediation coming through was a huge impact. And she busted you? Look, she, yeah, the, the divorce is a big financial impact and all the research shows, you know, apart from death, it is the next biggest financial impact in your life. Look, we were very fortunate. We were able to divorce financially, where both of us still had houses and income to live off. Me getting a job, my wife um, being set up because she'd been uh, a home worker, you know, looking after running the family side all the time, we were able to divorce financially and not really impact our lives really in substance. We were very fortunate. But yeah, um, and at times I struggle and it, you know, I struggle with the, not that she had it, it was fair and reasonable, but the whole emotional process of going through there and family law, right, when I say all that is element is from there and, I, you know, I've done some work now on potentially becoming a mediator and looking at trying to help people in family law because I think it's just a very, very difficult 
It's so emotional. to go through. So emotional. Cost mm. a lot of money. And there's a lot of absolute wastage of time, emotions and money. It's a really screwed up process sort of thing. But that led me to question more my values and happiness. And also from that mediation training, did a bit of you know research and learning around the social science. Kids know your marriage is not happy at whatever age. The only thing that kids want is mum and dad to be happy. Rather than mum and dad be together? Yeah. This thing. Is this know, your um, opinion as a uh, family lawyer? It's my opinion. It's my own experience. Um, what's made me sort of stronger around that view is the research that shows afterwards kids knew it for years before and they just want mum and dad to be happy so i feel happier because i wasn't happy um and it's led me frankly to getting out of my comfort zone and doing things so i took some time off and some traveling um i've done traveling um in a completely different job i took time out uh, i'm willing to do things differently now and when i'm feeling really authentic and questioning anything that looks like a traditional society view that feels authentic for me, although sometimes very scary. So to the men listening to this that yeah. are stuck in unhappy marriages, to the men particularly um, I'd like you to speak to, what and, and who are thinking about seeing sex workers or are seeing sex, work, sex workers and feel bad about it, um, you know, they're too scared to leave their marriage. What's your message to these men? My message is firstly, you're not alone. You're not alone. So uh, without getting too sort of deep and philosophical, with, with the experience of what I've been through, I'd say, see if you can try and understand what's the, what are, what are the real causes of your unhappiness and so on. So what is it in your marriage to work, work at? So go and see a psychologist or a counsellor to help or talk to people. And look, you know, I, I'm very pro it works for me to talk to people. That's not, you know, everyone's going to find out what works for them to help. But the other thing is you've got to question yourself as to, you know, why do you want to save the marriage? I don't mean to, that as a you shouldn't, but just question why because society thinks you should do it. You know, in the end, in the end, you've got to be selfish in the sense of put your own feelings and your own true views on this first. Um, if it's seeing sex workers is about a degree of release and int intimacy fantasy world, then that's what you want to do. And you think through the pros and cons of consequences and it's nabbing you how you want to do it, do it because that's you. Even if it means, um, cheating. Well, that's what you've got to say, think through the pros and consequences. I mean, um, you never know exactly what they're going to be, but if you've weighed them up and thought about it and, and you're so you're willing to take that that situation then do it and, and um i know from itsy reed and so on talking about some women in this situation women you've spoken to and so on you know for some there, there is no doubt there's always always you can always find real examples of it's helped and saved marriages and that can be both in the context of the wife knowing and the wife not knowing mm. um and as i say in a way you know let's it is different because you're breaking the contract, you know, the promise of remarriage. But if allowing your male husband partner to go and play golf and get drunk on a Friday night helps you in the marriage overall, mm -hmm. why conceptually, if this is helping a marriage, is that any different? Mm, I guess it's the physical aspect, it is, it's isn't the it? the physical aspect. So well, I think for women, it's the emotional cheating as well. 
concrete, but that's, you know, it's about a relationship mm. and it's doing on that. If your wife, ex-wife had said to you, she, she wanted to see a male escort or she was seeing a male escort, how would you feel about that? I instinctively would have said, absolutely happy to and delighted to. Because it would have let you off the hook? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At first, least you're honest about yes, that, first David. And foremost. <laughs> Two, I think having seen escorts, um, it piqued a, a sexual curiosity in myself. You know, I was getting more and more around, should we have twosomes, threesomes, what should we do? So I was interested in that, and so it would have done. Um, I I have, I can't tell you 100% that if we'd gone through that, that later on I wouldn't have said, actually, I don't like this. And now it's, I'm realising now I can see why you wouldn't like it from me either. Oh, so, so if your wife had seen a male escort. If she would have said, I can't guarantee that having said, yes, go for your life, and I think it will help us. That you might get on, really jealous yeah. and... Yeah. Because I'm bringing that situation, I don't know. And once you once you say see it or un, un, know it, you can't unknow it. You no. know the damage has been done. Uh, correct, uh, absolutely. And um, I, th I think, look, I think for me, you're really going around um, as I've got older. Like my breakup and even part of seeing escorts, I I believe was part of me just having to be really authentic about myself. That that's what I wanted to do, um, and it couldn't keep the genie in the bottle. All the once it's out, it's out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were we were talking earlier, and um, you said you're going to stop seeing escorts. I am the moment because I've gone this last year of just seeing too many too often. How much have you spent in the last year on escorts? Two hundred thousand plus dollars. Damn! I wish I was still working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gone. Look, wow. Look, yeah. It's just I, look. I need to. I need to draw myself on to show that I, I've got to prove to myself this is not an addiction that I can control. It just be sensible because I've got other things, you know, other priorities. I can't have it all in the world. I want to do some more travelling. I've got horses, um, and I want to go and you know do continue to do that. Um, and also, I think look, I I um, I've spent. I, I think I'm at risk of. I need to get back to the real world of seeing women in a relationship and a non. I was going to ask sense. you how's how has seeing sex workers affected you in relation healthy, normal per se relationships? Well, I have not been. I'm not dating while I'm seeing escorts. Mm. So the answer is I don't. I don't know because, because you prefer I'm, seeing escorts. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's easy, convenient. Um, I'm with the old male ego now, looking good and so on. Um, but it, look, honestly, I think it, it's. It's not just uh, it's not just because it's easier. Like I, I, I really enjoy them as women. I love. I'm a very feminine person as a male person. I've always always enjoyed female company and mixed company. Um, I, I'm happy and freer and talk on my own much more genuinely mm. when I'm in mixed company. I just, just personally for me, I just I just get cold. Whoa. The old boys go and talk at the barbecue and Aussie and talk about footy. I'm not interested in that. And I love one-on-one -on -one and multi-women mm. engagement. So for me, part of it is the feminine side of that. But um, it stopped me doing real relationships because I haven't sort of wanted to, needed to, and what time when I've been seeing escorts. Do you, would it be fair to say that seeing escorts has made normal relationships seem boring to you? Yes. How? how? Because I think you, you're... Um, you naturally compare them on the face of the world. You compare them aesthetically, how they look. Um, so is it unrealistic, do you think? 
it's unrealistic to compare them and think you can sort of just move from one world to the other and not and think it's just a different type of relationship. So the variety. They're, they're very different, yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think to me it's the sort of the shift of emphasis. You know, you've got to have an intimacy connection first and it's not just going to be pure physical. It sort of isn't in the escort world, but that's the prime. That's the sort of, in the chicken and egg, that's the one that happens mm. first. But Do you think see an escort um you won't continue to see one if you don't actually think there's a connection there as well as perhaps as well as enjoyable physical intimacy. Mm. So the fantasy of seeing an escort is more alluring than the reality of a relationship. Yes. And certainly when you're seeing escorts, you know, you, to move from that world down down, it's gonna take time for you to adjust and realise this this it can be just as good. It's, it's a diff- different experience. Do you think you've life. ruined it, or do you think it's been ruined? Your your perception of relationships. Do you think you're capable of having a normal, normal, whatever that is, relationship? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I, I absolutely do. Um, but it will take time to sort of get back to that and um, you know be comfortable with and stop comparing it. Will you be honest about your past? Yes. Like I've I've had. I, I will look in the last couple of years. I have had couple of sort of early dates not really ended up in sort of dating relationship but you know I would in both those instances um you know not like a third not like not the first it's not the first thing I tell them but within two or three times of meeting them they feel like I, mean, I will tell them I've seen escorts how before. does that how does that, how do they react there so far it's always been a hmm <laughs> and then, uh, where can I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't had that yet, actually. Um, what I, the ones where we've, so I've also told some, you know, close friends of mine, although very, when I think, I was trying to think on the way in today, I'm not sure I've really told any men, male friends of mine. That's, I think, a mixture of, I haven't really got many close male friends at all. Um, I don't feel comfortable telling women. People, a couple of people, potential on dates that I've mentioned, they they haven't gone right, oh, that's very nice, thank you very much, and, you know, screamed out the door, et cetera. They've listened and asked about it a bit. Um, both have said they would not entertain that going forward. And That's fair they, enough. Of course, I'd rather be in their surprise. When I speak to women friends, not in a dating sense, they've all just been curious to know about the world. So it, what you said before, there's a fascination about it in that sense, because it is a secret sexy fantasy world so um they're curious about it and actually i'm grateful because they've been completely non-judgmental on it it's actually and i think a lot of women it. also especially for a certain age think oh i wonder if i could do that i wonder mm. if a man would pay me to yeah. have dinner with them you know yeah I, i'd certainly encourage people i've met you know one or two certainly angels when you had your agency and so on who often are called people and this is a bit of a, a hobby and interest in the side and i and someone you know a couple of friends of mine and i said go for it you don't have to do it forever. And if try it and see if you like it or not. You know, you just Did they try? Know. I don't know. No one's actually told me that yet. Interested. They're probably sitting in a bath full of money as we speak. <laughs> David, you'd be married and divorced and you see escorts, a lot of escorts, but do you still believe in the concept of marriage? I would say I'm really questioning that now and I think I would say no. Even as in your experience as a lawyer, as yes. a family. Okay, interesting. Yes. Um, and I'd say firstly, marry, f- firstly marriage as a sort of contract. Um, I'm a, oddly, <laughs> this may seem odd to people, I'm a romantic. 
we all want the beauty and the beast. We all would love, and I absolutely believe there are people out there who find their soulmate. I think what I'm learning, what I would say now from my own experience, and just life moves on, being marriage, as in the marriage, legal for marriage, has zip all to do whether your relationship is going to work or not. That is based on the two of you working at it. And that relationships are hard and it's about you constantly working at it with each other. So firstly, I don't think marriage as a legal institution um, is the right thing. I don't think that actually adds anything. So I'm, I'm not a believer of that going forward. Secondly, we're all getting much, much older um, and living much longer. And so I just, I am doubting that we, unless you find your real soulmate, that this you have a relationship you married and that's it till death is realistic in terms of people's happiness you know a 20-year relationship everyone will go bloody hell that's a hell of a long time you're right so if you start at 20 and you die um you know in the, our kids generation grandchildren they'll be living to 100 you can have three 20-year relationships yes. and 20 years off yeah okay. <laughs> and enjoy the 20 years and off enjoy 20 years off and um, I just ask, is there anything wrong with that? Um, so lifelong, and I'd be fascinated now around to understand more of the, you know, the sociology of, of back to humans. Are we, are we a herd? Are we a tribal animal? Are we made for life? I mean, I remember bits just from, frankly, from movie films, not from research around, um, was it one of the only geese who made for life or something like that? You know, so I'm actually questioning biologically whether, um, our society human constructs around um, physical intimacy and loyalty to one person rest your life whether it's just impractical in a, in a modern day and as we're getting older and I, I do think I think if if we drop that and said it's open to people I sense an awful lot of people would just sort of breathe a sigh of relief in this world and just be happy to be honest relationship I personally think there's a risk of then people going oh you're going to sort of just dob out of relationships, it's all too hard. I don't think people will do that because if you run that and you keep running away from difficult times, often you'll soon realise that that's not the way to make a relationship work. So no, I don't, I don't see a future of marriage and this sort of monogamy for the rest of your life. Good for your business though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Keeps you busy and your law oh, form. Look, if it does, you're fan. doing family law, but... Um, there's a waste of time and money mm. in that process. So um, there's no point doing business when it's the wrong thing to do. Mm. Ethically, yeah. yeah. Can a happy relationship for you involve seeing escorts or not? Are you capable of it? Do you uh, want it? I, I, I believe for myself that actually when I find a person I fall in love with and romantic would it be in a relationship, I do believe I won't want to go and see escorts. Um Thinking about it more generally, you know, can you have a happy relationship where one or both of the partners are seeing escorts or having an open marriage? Absolutely. It's about it's about what works for the two of you. And relationships are both are clearly very personal, very individual. But there are some common themes, and one theme I think is communication. If you communicate openly everything about it, it will work. So um if both of you are interested in having sex and having intimacy and physical play with people outside your marriage, talk about it. And you'll find, maybe a bit simplistic, but in the end you'll find the right position. You'll find your spoon. 
you will. And if it's not working for you too, it won't work for you too. It's just sort of when. So I can, I remember going through my divorce and seeing some friends of mine, looking at, you know, one position of their relationship. And, you know, this instance was just two things happened in their life and both were examples of one supporting the other, no matter what, just to help them through something. And I remember looking at that's, that's, that's what's important about a relationship. It's the willingness to support the other person, um, to give them what, you know, give them the, the support and encouragement to say, go and do that because that's what you want to do sort of thing. And it sometimes could be an open relationship, sexual intimacy, why, well, point is it, it can work because it, both of you talk about it and open with and agree with it. Sort of mm. thing. So yeah. yes, it can. Um, but most people, it won't because... Um, They've got to get their heads around it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is not what society says mm-hmm. is acceptable. So that naturally takes time to, to adjust to. Thanks for listening to Exposed. If you enjoyed this episode, there's plenty more to come. Episodes are released fortnightly and hit follow so you don't miss out. And for more goodness from your host, visit the show notes.